Divine Mercy Sunday. One of the most striking aspects of the image of Divine Mercy is the line on the bottom. Jesus, I trust in you. Today we'll reflect briefly on that trust we all have in our Lord. But before we get to that, let's take a few minutes to review the particular grace attached to today's feast. Our Lord told St. Faustina, quote, I desire a feast of mercy, be a refuge and a shelter for all souls, and especially for poor sinners. The soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. On that day, all the divine floodgates to which grace and flow are opened. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins be as scarlet. Close quote, our Lord. Father Ignacy Rosicki, STD, a Polish Thomistic theologian, comments, The most exceptional grace promised by Jesus for the Feast of Divine Mercy is something considerably greater than a plenary indulgence. It is also greater than the graces of all other sacraments, with the exception of the sacrament of baptism, for the remission of all sins and punishment is found only in the sacramental grace of baptism. In the promises cited, Christ tied the remission of all sins and punishment to the reception of Holy Communion on the Feast of Divine Mercy. In other words, in this regard, he raised it to the rank of a second baptism. It is obvious that in order to effect a complete forgiveness of sins and punishment, the Holy Communion received on the Feast of Divine Mercy must not only be partaken of worthily, but it must also fulfill the basic requirements of the Divine Mercy devotion. However, received unworthily, without trust in Divine Mercy, and devoid of some deed of mercy toward neighbor, it would be a contradiction of devotion to the Divine Mercy. Instead of the exceptional grace, it would bring down upon the recipient the divine wrath. Close quote. Okay, so the special grace granted on the Feast of Divine Mercy is directly attached to receiving Holy Communion on this day. It consists in the total remission of sins and punishment, and it's considerably greater than plenary indulgence, and a whole lot easier indulgence, a whole lot easier to gain. Now, obviously, it has to be received worthily. What about confession? Does that have to be made on the Feast of Divine Mercy? Certainly before one goes to communion, if he has mortal sin on his soul, but that would be the only case. As one commentator notes, quote, Christ never specifically asked for the faithful to go to confession on the day of the feast itself, which practically speaking would be an impossible burden upon most pastors. In fact, St. Faustina herself made a confession on the Saturday before Mercy Sunday, Diary Entry 1072. Whenever times of confession may be offered, the important thing is for the faithful to be encouraged to come on Mercy Sunday in a state of grace, having confessed at least all mortal sins, and trusting in the mercy of God. Close quote. Is there anything else to add? Yes. Our Lord said to St. Faustina, quote, There must also be acts of mercy. I demand from you deeds of mercy which are to arise out of love for me. You are to show mercy to your neighbors always and everywhere. I am giving you three ways of exercising mercy towards your neighbors. The first, by deed. The second, by word. The third, by prayer. Even the strongest faith is of no avail without words. Close quote of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
What about the plenary indulgence? In 2002, the Apostolic Penitentiary announced that, quote, the plenary indulgence is granted under the usual conditions, sacramental confession, Eucharistic communion, prayer for the intentions of the Supreme Pontiff. To the faithful, on the second Sunday of Easter, or Divine Mercy Sunday, in any chapel, church or chapel, and a spirit that is completely detached from affection for a sin, even a venial sin, take part in prayers and devotions held in honor of Divine Mercy, or who in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament exposed or reserved in the tabernacle, recite the Our Father in the Creed, adding devout prayer to the merciful Lord Jesus, merciful Jesus, I trust in you, close quote. So, there's going to be devotions at 2 this afternoon, but for people that don't make it before you leave today, say Our Father, a creed, and a, a, something like most merciful Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And that way, you meet the conditions for plenary indulgence if the other things are there. Everybody knows about that. Let's briefly reflect on the trust we all ought to have in our Lord. Do that with Father teaching that great doctor of the church. The little flower, St. Therese of Sioux. We'll rely especially on the wonderful commentary by Father Jacques Philippe, The Way of Trust and Love. I can't recommend that particular uh, commentary enough. Virtually everything I'm going to say right now is, is like a long paraphrase or a quote. Everyone here has probably heard of the little way of St. Therese, well, which refers to how she's her path towards holiness. Her little way is also known as the way of spiritual childhood. The point, that's going to become obvious in a minute, but the point here is that trust is an absolutely essential feature of the little way. As Father Philippe says, trust is the most characteristic feature of spiritual childhood. St. Therese's sister, Sister Maria of the Sacred Heart, asked St. Therese to share her thoughts, the thoughts she had on a retreat she made in September of 1896. That's, uh, those thoughts are contained in the story of the soul, if you read that. After Sister Maria had read the beautiful thoughts of her sister, she wrote a note along these lines to St. Therese. Your text is magnificent, but it left me with a certain sadness. You ardently desire martyrdom, but I have to admit that what you desire is something I'm scared of. I flee from what you love. As a result, I'm seriously afraid that I will never succeed in loving Jesus as much as you do, and that makes me somewhat sad. You have burning, ardent desires, but I am far from experiencing the same things in my heart. St. Therese replied to this little note immediately. She told her sister it wasn't her burning desires or any fervor she felt that mattered. Quote, My desires of martyrdom are nothing. It is not they that give me the boundless trust I feel in my heart. I'm quite sure it's not at all what pleases God in my little soul. What pleases Him, and she's underlining this next phrase, what pleases Him is to see that I love my littleness and my poverty. It is the blind hope that I have in His mercy. That is my only treasure. Close quote, St. Therese. What pleases God is to see that I love my littleness and my poverty. It's the blind hope I have in His mercy. Father Philippe continues. These few words are important. St. Therese underlined them because they put things in the right perspective. She did not deny all that she had lived and explained her times of grace and fervor. She, but she was fully aware that these were not what made her pleasing to God. 
What pleased God in her was rather her love for her own littleness and inner poverty and her blind hope in God's mercy. Humility and trust. That's what makes us unfailingly pleasing to God, draws His grace down upon our souls, and makes us the object of His tenderness and love. That is my only treasure, she told her sister. And it can perfectly well be ours. Maybe we don't always feel great desires and impetuous longing for martyrdom, but loving our littleness and placing absolute trust in God is always within our reach. We can do that without any difficulty. St. Therese, well, how I'd like to be able to make you understand what I feel. It is trust and nothing but trust that must lead us to love. Trust is the most characteristic feature of spiritual childhood. A very small child never doubts his father's love. He trusts him absolutely. Small children are astonishing in this trust of theirs. A father can stand his small son on a table, move back, and tell the little boy jump, and the child will jump. He won't stop to wonder whether his dad's going to catch him or let him fall. Those thoughts don't even cross his mind. That unlimited trust in God's goodness and faithfulness lies in the path of holiness. That's at the heart of it right there. That kind of trust, placing that kind of trust in God. On the other hand, St. Therese says what hurts God the most, our most serious failings in this regard, is our lack of trust. Quote, what offends Jesus, what wounds his heart, is lack of trust. God does not expect of us that we be absolutely perfect, but that we give him our trust, trust that has to be total. That's not easy to do since we're all somewhat wounded when it comes to trust. That's a remnant of original sin. Man distrusts God, he's scared of God, runs away instead of trusting him. Among the grace we can obtain from little flower, let's ask for the grace for a greater love in the Lord, and especially greater trust. How can we grow in trust? We can start by nourishing ourselves on God's Word. Everyone who has frequent recourse to Scripture has had the experience of one day being troubled or discouraged when suddenly a verse of Scripture touched him, restored his trust, and brought peace to his heart again. Another thing is to make acts of trust. We say to the Lord, I trust you. I leave this situation in your sacred heart, your sacred hands, and know you'll do what's best. It doesn't make their difficulties vanish, but it causes the experience and try the faithfulness of God in reply. It's essential that we place our trust in God. A lot of times, uh, people actually place their trust in themselves. They, 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 if, they get, if we trust ourselves, when we mess up, we get really discouraged. And that shows that our trust is on ourselves, not God. People say, I can't believe I did this. They'll tell you, they'll say, but, but believe me, you just did it. What's so surprising about that? What's surprising, we didn't do something stupider. Um, God's holding his hand on us to keep us from committing all kinds of disasters all the time. We can trust him. Okay. Here we go. In one passage, St. Therese explains the extent to which trust makes us pleasing to God and attracts His graces. St. Therese, I'd like to try and make you understand, by a very simple comparison, how much Jesus loves souls, including perfect ones, including perfect ones who entrust themselves to Him. Imagine that a father has two naughty, disobedient sons. When he comes to punish them, he sees one of them running away in fear and trembling, knowing in his heart of hearts that he deserves to be punished. Well, his brother does the opposite. He throws himself into his father's arms, telling him he's sorry to have hurt him, that he loves him, and he'll prove it by being good, by being good from now on. Then if that child asks his father to punish him, 
with a kiss. I don't think the happy father could harden his heart against his child's trust, knowing its sincerity and love. Of course he knows that his son will fall the same faults again and again, but he's willing to forgive again and again if his son catches him by the heart every time. That's St. Therese. We want to make darn good and sure that we catch God by the heart every time we mess up. Anybody that's interested in growing in holiness is essential to grasp. If we mess up, imitate that second child. Turn to the Lord, throw ourselves in His love loving arms. Tell Him we're sorry, we'll try not to do that again, and ask Him to punish us with a kiss. St. Therese. Yes, I feel that even though I had on my conscience all the sins that could be committed, I would go heartbroken with repentance to throw myself in Jesus' arms because I know how dearly he loves the prodigal son who returns to him. People might think that it's because I have not sinned that I have such great trust in God. If I had committed all possible crimes, I would still have the same trust. I feel that all the multitude of offenses would be like a drop of water falling into a blazing furnace. That's St. Therese. Let's close. St. Faustina was told by the Lord, the more soul trusts, the more you see. Pray to St. Therese, I give you a greater trust in the Lord. Strive to make the holiest communion possible with as great trust in the divine mercy as possible in order to receive the greatest grace possible. And each one of us should strive to receive, to obtain indulgence, and then offer it up for the poor soul most in need. Because that is an immense act of mercy to take care of the poor souls. That is an immense act of mercy. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Even though I had on my conscience all the sins that could be committed, I would go heartbroken with repentance to put myself into Jesus' arms because I know how dearly he loves the prodigal son who returns to him. If I had committed all possible crimes, I would still have the same trust. I feel that all that multitude of offenses will be like a drop of water falling into a blazing furnace. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive.